Blog Talk Radio. Jumping on board this evening, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call if you want to come in and talk a little wrestling. Check us out on Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. If you're on Twitter, at The Ken Reedy Show. Our website is TheKenReedyShow.com. Just a little housekeeping, let you guys know. Taking a little vacation, June 24th through the 30th. So we will not be doing a show the 25th and the 30th. So, uh, you know, you can go and check out some archive shows on blogtalkradio.com slash the Ken Reedy Show or go to the Ken Reedy Show.com. The, the link is right there. So check out on some shows maybe you missed because we've been getting a lot of great interviews uh, over the course of this year. Uh, last week we had Tommy Dreamer who gave us some tremendous uh, stuff. And you know what? Tonight is no exception because we'll have, you know him as Chris Masters, the masterpiece. Chris Mordetsky. Will be on this evening. He's performing this Friday for FWE. Uh, so you want to check out FWE this Friday. They are performing at the Elm Court Youth and Adult Activity Center in Corona, Queens. So you can go over to FWEWrestling.com for tickets. This is also an internet pay-per-view. So you can go over to WWNLive.com. Uh, to order the pay-per-view. Chris Masters is going to be competing in a 30-man Rumble match. In the future, the winner of this match will get an FWE title shot. So we'll definitely be talking to him about FWE, amongst other things. Special thanks to AJ and Jordan from FWE for helping get us uh, the masterpiece. So he's going to be on a little later on, but we got a lot to talk about. This has been a really good time to be a wrestling fan. Lots of quality stuff on TV, and so let's get right into the wrestling conversation. So I'm going to tag my partner in. Dave, how are you doing this evening? Dave, are you there? I am here again. Technology is uh, technology's hating on the Rosenbluth over here. But, yeah, I'm here. i got a lot to say. Let's get right down to it. I can't believe I actually did that again. It's, for whatever reason, the the uh, the setup we have has defaulted to when whenever we come out of the opening promo, it, it mutes the phone lines. And 
I had Dave called up, and then uh, he's muted, and I, I forgot to unmute him before I said, hey, Dave, are you there? So there you go, but Dave is here. We are all set to go, and before, like, we'll get into specifics because there's so much to talk about. The last two days means six-plus hours of, of quality wrestling entertainment. It's been a good two days to be a wrestling fan. The WWE... You know, I, I mean, you, you may be able to say right now they're firing on all cylinders. Uh, before we get into specifics, Dave, the, the, your overview on the past two days, payback to pay-per-view on Sunday and last night's Monday Night Raw. Fun. Unpredictability. Um, exciting to watch. I mean, you know, I, I, I said it, and, and it, it proved to be right the other night, but the Chicago crowd made a fun show. They made they – made, you know, payback really fun to watch. I said they're a gimmick in itself, and they were a character of the show, and they 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 make or break some some people out there. You know, um, as far as the wrestlers go, and they did that Sunday night. It was awesome. Last night was great too. Last night was three hours flew by, and that's hard for 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 for, for it to happen to me because you know I have a hard time trudging through these three hours of raw these days. But three hours flew by, and I was I was very optimistic and you know excited for what else could be happening in the future towards you know the rest of the storylines for this summer and heading into the WrestleMania of the summer, known as SummerSlam. So, past two nights have been pretty fun to be a wrestling fan. I've thoroughly enjoyed some of the st- most of the stuff that's gone on. There's a few critiques here and there, but overall the good outweighs the bad after the past two nights of wrestling. Totally agree with you. I mean, let, let's get into, like, we'll break it up. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'd like to start with, uh, you know, payback, that being like the the first thing, chronologically speaking, but there's no way that we can't, I mean, it's the internet's been a buzz. Every wrestling fan coming out of last night's Monday Night Raw, which, as you said, quality Monday Night Raw, the three hours have been difficult at times. It was a great show, well-booked show. The show had a nice flow. Everything seemed to work well last night in that three-hour Raw. But the, what everyone's talking about, what everyone's a buzz about, is Mark Henry's false retirement, his promo and consequent uh, turn, if you will, on John Cena, uh, challenging for the WWE Championship. Uh, tremendous job by Mark Henry. Uh, you would think that he probably is getting, I mean, obviously everyone's getting closer to retirement. He's probably fairly close to retiring. Uh, maybe he was able to draw on some real emotions while cutting that promo. But Mark Henry's a guy that when he eventually does hang it up, he should take a lot of pride in the fact that he is doing his best work late in his career. Uh, tremendous job. Uh, he just he keeps getting better. Uh, real tears in the promo. Real drama. You know, there were times in, in the promo where I, was, like, I initially thought maybe it's a work, and then he drew on the tears and the family and just... He, he drew us all in. Uh, you know, there are not enough positive things to say about... Uh, what Mark Henry did, and, and looking forward to now how this program is going to unfold with with John Cena, Dave. Somebody got their wig split last night. Man, alive. That was awesome. Um, like you said, you know, I was a little bit back and forth. Uh, you know, he had sent out tweets and cryptic tweets, so to speak, in the past few days about Father Time being undefeated. Um, he even went as far as to say that he was going to retire on Twitter, where he had tweeted uh, 
Arsenio Hall and Magic Johnson um, to check out Monday Night Raw tonight to see his retirement. Um, you know, they, they they made a mention of it on TV, how he was going to, re- you know, there's rumors that he's going to retire when they showed the vignette with him hugging Darren Young, and Darren Young was crying. I was like, all right, this seems pretty legit. And, uh, you know, I, I feel this, you know, I mean, I said it on the Raw chat last night. He got everybody. I don't care if you thought or you wrote it in, in, in writing that he wasn't going to, to, to retire, and this was all a setup. He got everybody. That's my opinion. I don't care if it's in writing, but he got you all. He got me, too. Um, I was back and forth on it. There were times where I thought, well, this may be a work. Cena was out there. I was like, well, why would they keep Cena out there if this is a retirement? They start crying. He mentions his kids. Then JBL says he's never won this title before. Cena let him hold the belt a couple of times. He brought his boots to the ring. I was like, I'm, I, you know, I said, this is a nice little retirement speech, but if this were an angle and this was a whole swerve, this would be pretty damn good. And it was awesome at the end when he pulled Cena in and slammed him, and everybody just was like their collective gasp, to, went, went, you know, went all throughout that arena in Grand, Grand Rapids, Michigan. I I mean, you mentioned it, you know, a few chats ago on the Raw chat, you get living room pops over in the Reedy household. Well, I literally jumped out of my chair and was just yelling. In fact, my brother came in the room and said, what's going on? And I was like, watch the replay. It was awesome. He And I said this a few days ago, I'd love to see Daniel Bryan and John Cena at Money in the Bank, but they, you know, looks like they've changed the, the direction a little bit, and I'm liking where they're going with this. Uh, to me, in my opinion, this this is definitely – the 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 big storyline heading into the summer and it seems like every year the WWE has certain points where they have big launching pads for storylines. Of course, you got the beginning of the year with the road to WrestleMania, and then they get in a stalling point in the springtime. But once they head to the summer for SummerSlam, they got something big. We've talked about, you know, in 2010, there was the Nexus invasion that, that kicked off the, the big summer storyline. Then the summer of Punk in 2011. Last year, Punk made that big heel turn. That was a pretty big storyline. Now this year, we have, you know, Mark Henry, false false retirement speech to, to – suck everybody in so he can get a title shot with John Cena. I mean, everything was great about that segment last night. You know, he, he got me for sure. And, and and I'd like to consider myself a smart wrestling fan, but he got me pretty good last night. I know he got a lot of you too, so, you know, kudos to Mark Henry, man. That was awesome. Yeah, and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head that everyone who, who thought it, it was possibly a work or, or – you know, predicted it was a work, or, you know, during the day, like, and, and again, it, it was a well-thought-out, uh, well-planned angle, um, you know, the way they utilize social media, and I, I don't know if it was WWE Creative or Mark Henry himself or who came up with that, but the way they they utilized Twitter to kind of start a buzz going, um, the way he had left beforehand, uh, the rumored heat about him backstage, um, all that came together where... At least you were guessing. There wasn't a part of last night that I don't think anyone came at, came into that thinking 100% this is a work. And at, at least some point during the promo, even if you predicted it was going to be a work or thought it was a work, at some point during the promo, you kind of sat back and said, wait a second, maybe he actually is retiring. And he really, you know, I mean... You talk about cutting promos and and the skill set to cut a promo and uh, you know we talk about guys a lot who who can 
cut a promo who can't and you know what's a great promo it's and, and you know and there's certain promos you know you, you look at the pipe bomb you know that last year you know the, the the pipe bombs if you will that uh cm punk is says but those, those are wrestling promos great wrestling promos but they're wrestling promos uh mark henry acted last night in the context of a wrestling promo but that was a performance that was a monologue you know more than a a, a promo i mean when he busted out the real waterworks that's when he kind of grabbed me. I was like, "Wow, it's uh, yeah, I, I, I guess that this is uh, he really is hanging up." And um, you know, just the the end result, and then uh, you know, he yells, uh, "I got a lot in the tank." Uh, I I just thought it was phenomenal, and uh, you know, it's one of those things where you know, who knows where they're gonna go? I mean, he's Mark Henry. He's great. Uh, he's been great for. A few years now, uh, you know, he's always been a quality performer. Uh, he does this uh, House of Pain version of his character extremely well. Uh, there, there's a little bit of suspense here. I can't say that i you know, going to bet my next paycheck that definitely John Cena is going to get through this. Uh, maybe, maybe we see Mark Henry with a WWE title run, a guy that deserve it. I mean, quite a longstanding career and... and Deserve it of a chance with that, and, and honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing him having a run with the WWE Championship, so it adds some intrigue and suspense surrounding that. It's a storyline we can get behind, and as we talk about the WWE kind of firing on all cylinders, this there's an interesting, well-thought-out storyline surrounding the WWE title, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this unfolds over the summer. Yeah, it's got it's got a lot of people talking. It's it, it, to me, like I said, it's the big storyline going into the summer. And you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing a Mark Henry run with the WWE title, especially the performance he put on last night. I mean, holy cow! I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, you know, after what took place last night, um, you know, he, he definitely he definitely has got a lot left in the tank after a performance like that last night. Um, you know, sucking everybody in, man. It was, it, it, it was pretty damn good. Um, I, like, I don't know what else to say, but it, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with this now. I mean, what if he does beat Cena, and and win Cena the, the the WWE title? You know, we're probably going to have a series of matches with him and Cena. Of course, the internet will shit all over it. Excuse my language, but you know, I, I don't care. I I still love to see it. Mark Henry took the, an entire audience at home and, more importantly, in that arena and made him made them all care about him and chant his name and thank him for all the years of service he did in a retirement speech. And then in one fell swoop, he had the entire arena and probably most of the viewers at home turned against him. That is an art, a lost art in professional wrestling. And Mark Henry deserves an opportunity to be in the main event and be in the a top spot with a guy like John Cena because of a performance like that. Period. End of discussion. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, it wasn't your typical wrestling promo. I mean, it was just, it was phenomenal what he did. And when we're talking about what Mark Henry did last night in a promo, in a in a turn, uh, you know, I mean, not that, you know, he, he was kind of a, you know, he was, he was a heel came out but kind of you know it was almost like we saw mark henry the person not mark henry the the character and then that that instant turn at the end uh and we're talking about a guy who you know we're saying that it was the highlight it was the 
best moment. It was one of the best promos we've seen in, in recent memory. Um, and it was the best moment on a stellar Raw. We're not talking about a mediocre Raw. We're not criticizing Raw. We're not, we're not saying, oh, my God, a three-hour Raw, I couldn't stay awake. Uh, we're talking about a very, very good show. By most accounts, uh, you know, there are people I talked to today who, you know, I'd stopped watching for a while. And because of the buzz on the show, uh, you know, wound up going back and, and watching the show and, and were impressed with what happened. Uh, it was just one of those shows that was very well put together. And we're talking about Mark Henry being the highlight on a great, great show. And I and I do think that we're looking at right now as we talk about the WWE firing in all cylinders. And Dave, we discussed this, and this is a while back, and we talked about, you know, we've talked a lot about John Cena, because obviously John Cena is the guy. He's the guy in the WWE. He's the face of the company in the biggest company in professional wrestling. So it's hard to get through a show without talking about John Cena. Now, not haters here. We don't hate on John Cena. Uh, but we talked a lot about the fact that John Cena was one of those guys that it wasn't, in our opinion, it wasn't that he was so terrible. It was just that he was kind of being crammed down our throat by WWE and WWE Creative, and it didn't offer a lot of alternatives. And so if you kind of, if you hated Cena you kind of hated the WWE for a chunk of time. Uh, and we always reference back to, you know, you go back to yesteryear and, you know, when Hulk Hogan was the man. And I'm not putting John Cena in the same category as Hulk Hogan. But when you look back on that, there were guys that hated Hulk Hogan. But in that era, if you hated Hulk Hogan, you still had your Tito Santanas, your Greg the Hammer Valentines, your, your Macho Mans, your Steamboats. You had a lot of other guys and well-developed storylines in the rest of the roster that could keep you interested, even if you weren't into Hulk Hogan, a well-developed tag team division. Uh, all the titles mattered. You know, it was, it was just so you could hate on him. If you, didn't, if you weren't a Hulkamaniac, there were still a lot of other guys you could get into when you watched that card. Um, in, in a lot of John Cena's, uh, when he's been the guy, it was almost like, man, if you, if you didn't like Cena, they weren't really well-developing many other storylines. That is not the case right now. They have done a really good job at developing storylines, and now the WWE title storyline surrounding John Cena we're interested in. All the other titles, if not built up back to where there's uh, the prestige of yesteryear, there's at least interest in all the titles. Uh, there was interest on Raw. A lot of well-developed storylines. Hell, we're talking about the divas and how, you know, nip-slip aside, how great that storyline is between AJ and Caitlyn and the emotion that Caitlyn's been showing. You know, it's just, it, it was a tremendous show highlighted by a great, great promo by Mark Henry. It, it's, it's really difficult. I mean, we want to sit here and nitpick, Dave. We, we could probably find some stuff, you know, maybe the Sin Cara lighting. But other than that, three hours of three plus hours of very very solid entertainment from the WWE last night. Yeah, absolutely. Just about everything. Like I mean, 
you know, Cesar, Antonio Cesaro, one of my favorites. Now he's aligned with Zeb Coulter. I'm interested to see where that's going. The, the, the Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton stuff. The, hell, even some of the stuff with, with the, the McMahon family, power struggle that seems to be developing. Um, granted, sometimes it could be a little hokey, but it's it, there's still some intrigue enough for me to continue investing and watching and following that storyline. I mean, and of course, you know, the, the, the show closer with uh, – with, with uh, Punk and, and Lesnar, which could lead to a possible match at SummerSlam, the, the the Del Rio heel turn and the Ziggler babyface turn, the double turn, which happened, you know, which which is you know took place in Chicago a payback the other night. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's you know that, that that's going to get you real interested for the summer. The Shield, of course, you know. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's there's there's it's there's some really good you know potential storylines on the forefront. The return of RVD, a lot of RVD fans out there, you know, coming back at Money in the Bank. So there is a Christian return. There's a lot to look forward to. You've got options. It's a variety show. It's I'm, I'm excited to see how everything unfolds. And that's just it. I mean, you can be critical of certain things. You know, if the McMahon family thing is not your cup of tea, but you still got other things. So you got to you know, it, you're ne- it's never going to be perfect for you know any you know for a lot of fans, but you have other things. So you hate the McMahon storyline. Well, you have look you know the Shield to look forward to. I agree. I mean, it's tough, like you know, breaking down everything, and and it's you know it's it's rare. I mean, look, talk show fodder. I mean, let's face it. We get on here, we get on the mic, and a lot of times when when you get to be critical, it it. it, it Makes for more interesting radio. I mean, you, you get to kind of delve in and really dissect and kind of tear stuff apart, and you can get a little more, you know, emotional and, and entertaining with that. But, uh, you know, we're kind of gushing tonight because as a wrestling fan, uh, it's like, all right, well, we, you know, we're like, all right, we got to lead with Mark Henry because that was brilliant. But where where do you go from there? Like, what's what's the most important thing to talk about? Because uh, it, it set a lot of stuff up. And, and you know, in recent memory, you know, SummerSlam has been a little bit lackluster, and at least when you look at ten, uh, last night, that things are setting up to be pretty solid over the course of the summer. I mean, we're seeing beginnings of things, uh, and dissecting, like, you know, trying to pick one at a time. I mean, you brought up the cesaro uh, Zeb Coulter thing, and a very interesting pairing I kind of liked, I don't know if he's going to do this every time he wins, but I liked the putting of the don't tread me, tread on me flag over his vanquished opponent. Uh, but someone not from America getting tied in with an, an all-American boy, uh, it's an interesting pairing, but I like it. I am real curious to see where this is going to go, and if nothing else, as unusual and odd as this pairing is, I think the writing is on the wall that we're going to see more of Cesaro and we're going to see more substantial storytelling involving Cesaro. And that is a good thing, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Jack Swagger's not out of the picture either. He just hasn't been cleared to, uh, to compete. He had some sort of hand injury, and he's not cleared to compete till at least the beginning of August. So it looks like uh, Zeb Coulter is going to be forming some, you know, small – form of a stable. I don't know if there's any other guys or, you know, but he's got another, you know, he's got another uh, trophy piece, you know, on his wall in terms of Antonio Cesaro. Um, You know, it's funny how, like, you know, 
I, we, we, we've bashed the commentary in the past, you know, about, you know, how the commentators, you know, state the obvious sometimes or they, you know, they act like the, the audience is dumb and they don't remember certain things. And, you know, wrestling fans just about remember everything, or at least, you know, I should say smart wrestling fans. Uh, and Michael Cole made a point how, like, they're both, you know, how both characters, Cesaro and Coulter, are hypocrites but they're aligned with each other. And I thought it was really good that he kind of brought that up. He was like, this makes no sense. Cesaro, you know, hated America and thought, you know, that America was, you know, uh, beneath him. And Coulter, who's a red-blooded American, thought that, you know, foreigners shouldn't be allowed in our country. And you've got these two polar opposites that are aligned with each other, you know, for, for a common cause, which I, I thought it was interesting. And I liked how Michael Cole, you know, de- you know, brought that up and really drove that point home during that match um, with uh, Cesaro and Regal. So it makes for an interesting dynamic with those two characters, um, you know, that, that that Coulter is kind of taking a different approach now, and he's not just necessarily targeting all foreigners in the United States. He's, you know, selecting and picking certain few, and he's decided to align himself with an athlete the caliber of of, uh, Antonio Cesaro. So I thought that was really good. And, you know, with with Jack Swagger coming back, I don't know if they're going to make him a tag team or if it's just going to be a stable of guys, but I'm interested to see where it's going. Um, Coulter is very good on the mic, and he helped helped make Jack Swagger seem relevant because Jack Swagger hadn't been relevant in quite a while, and, uh, you know, Swagger didn't do himself any favors getting arrested for a DUI a few months back heading into WrestleMania, but, you know, Coulter's been a big part of the the success of that Swagger character. I'm not saying Swagger's, you know, main event level, you know, the top WWE superstar, but he's relevant and and important in some manner, again, to the audience. Um, And I think he's going to help do that with Cesaro as well, who's a world-class athlete, probably one of the strongest, if not the strongest guys on the roster, um, and very impressive to watch in the ring. So I'm looking forward to seeing where they go further with these two. Totally agree with you. And, and, you know, I'm cool either way. You know, they can bring back Swagger, and he could kind of be – pissed uh, that uh, Cesaro is there. He could bring back Swagger and make him a tag team. I mean, those two as a tag team uh, could be very interesting. Uh, it's just it's, it's such a unique pairing, and it's so out of the box, and I'm, I'm curious to see where it's going to go. And we've talked about on the show on how, you know, they were underutilizing Cesaro and uh, an incredibly gifted athlete. I mean, you know, you made mention of, of strength, but everything that guy does in the ring uh, – He's just a tremendous competitor, and uh, you know, the just him, the writing on the wall being that he's going to be used more, uh, definitely is good for wrestling fans. So excited to see where that's going to go. Uh, one guy we've talked about a lot. Hold that thought. We're going to keep you all in suspense right now because right now we do have on the line. Again, you've known him as the masterpiece, Chris Masters. Name is Chris Mordetsky. He's going to be wrestling for FWE uh, this coming Friday. We have him on the line right now, and let's pull him up right away. Chris, are you there? Hey, that was quick. What's going on, fellas? Uh, not much. How are you doing? I can't complain. It's a beautiful day here in Los Angeles, and I uh, just got to catch the movie This is the End, and uh, had me laughing. I enjoyed it. Very cool. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us Uh I you know I gotta ask before I before we get into all the wrestling stuff um you know it's funny because I also I thought like when you were gonna be on the show I'm like well Superman opened this past weekend and 
almost a real life Superman. First off, how's the family? How's your mom doing? And tell us a little bit about that that infamous day where uh, you know you had to go and, and save your mom from a, a burning house. Uh, well, I mean, you know, in a nutshell, uh, you know, basically what happened was the neighbor had uh, trapped my mom in the house and barricaded the doors. And uh, by the time I got there, he had, uh, you know, he'd been, he had her put in the house, threatening her life and all kinds of stuff. And my mom was, or my uncle was locked out of the house. So I showed up there, saw him locked out, and then I started communicating through the door. And, I, you know, the guy was saying that he was my mom's son now and she was his mom and all kinds of craziness. So, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, I knew I had a situation on my hands. And, uh, the cops had been there earlier and uh, had left, ironically. So I ended up calling them up for backup because I was about to kick the door down. But I think, you know, again, it was barricaded uh, by a ton of stuff, and which I didn't even know. I just knew the top deadbolt was locked. But, um... Basically, the cops got there, they formed a perimeter, started trying to kick the door down, couldn't get it down, and then a uh, fire. I saw the uh, glow of a fire emanate from the uh, front window, and that's when I moved in because they put my uncle and myself at about 30 feet out, and I moved in. They broke the window. I took the hose, put it in the hole where the, uh, of the window where the fire was, and then uh, a cop took over there. I came back around to the front, and they, at that point, were taking a battering ram to the door, and after three tries, they finally get the door off its hinges, but smoke comes, like, burrowing out of the place. So, I mean, they can't even advance. The cops are selling away, and that's when, uh, the, you know, that was the scariest moment right there because it wasn't even about her burning at this point. Now she could just die of smoke inhalation. So I told the cops, break these effing windows, break these effing windows. She's in this room. There's a big-ass tree in front of the window. So basically, you know, they're trying to reach around the tree. I took the tree, bear-hugged it, and broke it down to the floor. They broke both of her windows. She appeared uh, the most relief I've ever had in my life. I took her out of the window and pulled her to safety. And uh, she's been living with me since, and she's doing a lot better. But it's been uh, it was a crazy day, obviously, crazy, crazy day. Well, thank God. I mean, that, that's that's an amazing story, and thank God she's uh, okay. I just that, that's that's amazing. Um, well, let's let's you know let's get into the wrestling. Uh, I'd like to you know talk about a lot of stuff, but uh, going way back, uh, could you tell us a little bit about your UPW days? Uh, yeah, you, you know, UPW was just it was my only option really out here in California. I mean, there's other obviously indie promotions, but. From a school standpoint and a place to be seen, UPW was a spot. And, you know, obviously a lot of people came out of there. So, uh, uh, you know, it was fun. It was a good place to learn the fundamentals. I mean, you know, uh, I didn't learn. We didn't go too in-depth in in terms of psychology and all that stuff because it probably would have went way over our heads anyway because everybody was so green, uh, or at least the majority was at that point. But, you know, it was a interesting place you know like you know thinking when you think about the people who came out of there being cena victoria myself Miz, you know and the list goes on uh you know there's been some good talent that have uh, come out of here but you know they took uh people with promise and then you know refined them in their system being uh ovw and which uh you know really helped a lot of guys as far as uh their work rate and you know psychology but you know, I mean, you, that's all stuff that, you know, you can't even learn in, in school. I mean, you can learn as much as you can until you finally just have to go out there and do it 
and uh, learn it out there in front of the people on the fly. Uh, when you say that, like learning stuff on the fly, was there one guy or one competitor or one opponent that you'd say you learned the most uh, out of being in the ring with? Well, I mean, I've had a lot of mentors in this business. There's all kinds of different people. You know, obviously in my early career, uh, um, you know, like Lance, Rip Rogers was a great help in OVW. And then, you know, uh, Lance Storm was great when he came around because he, uh, you know, Rip Rogers brought a real 80s, a longer match. Style. He taught us how to basically, how we work a 60-minute way if we had to, whereas opposed to Lance came in and, showed us kind of what we would be doing now, which is obviously there's not many 60-minute matches. You know, they're usually, if you watch Raw, it's 10 minutes or less, or you're lucky to get 10. And then, uh, you know, as I actually broke in, you know, working with guys like Shawn Michaels, who was, you know, he was like my idol growing up. So uh, just being able to work with him and, uh, you know, feel guys like him and Ric Flair and Triple H out there and their comfort level and, and uh and then even later on, I mean, and then you can't, um, you know, discount the agents either. Like Arn Anderson and Fit Finley, two of the greatest agents you could ever ask for as, as far as fundamentals and, you know, just making sense of stuff. And then, uh, you know, even Booker T was a lot of help later on. I mean, I used to say that I'd go to Arn Anderson for any in-ring questions or, you know, to close any gaps for me. And then Booker T for all the uh, emotions and entrance and smile and connection with the crowd. You know, because they both uh, had those specific gifts. So it was, you know, two good, very good people to take from uh, uh, two different, two di- very different aspects, kind of of the business that just, you know, happened to tie together. Obviously. Again, you're you're listening to. Good day, sorry. No, no, no. I just wanted to mention uh, you. You mentioned Shawn Michaels, Chris, uh, being a big inspiration to you. You got to work with him early in your WWE career in uh, 2005. What was it like working with him? What did you learn from him? And uh, you know, it was only a month that you had a program with him. Was there, was there anything going forward after that month uh, working with Shawn Michaels, or was it just kind of taking it day by day? Well, this was the beauty of it. It was like I only worked him a month program on TV, but for like about half a year I worked him on house shows. And uh, literally after he – after I remember there was one time on TV where I was give him a uh, – I was going to give him the post. You know, I had him up in a body slam, and I was going to post him like to the back on the post, and I was running real quick, and he was like uh, – you know, you could actually hear him like, whoa, 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 you know, he's getting real nervous. But then uh, – you know, I protected him on it, and from that point on, it kind of uh, it earned his trust, speak, I think, because from that point on, uh, and then after we worked a couple matches, he actually, uh, you know, outside the finish, let me uh, basically work out the whole deal myself and call the stuff on the fly, and um, that was, uh, you know, that was amazing for me just because, obviously, to me, he's probably the greatest. I, well, not, he is uh, the best in-ring guy ever in the business, so for him to put that kind of trust in you, and that responsibility is, you know, an honor. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, at that point in my career, I kind of sum it up like this. I mean, I was so green and broad and quick that, you know, I could have good matches with guys who were good. You know, like I could follow uh, Shawn Michaels, even though, you know, he let me call the matches. I was still in there with someone as good as him. But, um, you know, I wasn't able to necessarily put out great matches with guys of my talent or lesser than, you know, just not enough experience, not enough, uh, you know, just not enough reps under uh, reps under my belt as opposed to, uh, 
you know, within the last few years where I've been able to, you know, you can give me anybody, I can at least pull a decent, if not good match out of them. But, yeah, well, Sean was, but the Sean thing was tremendously helpful, especially so early on, as you can imagine, just working in there with a guy like that and him trusting you the way he uh, trusted me. Yeah, that must that must have been a you know a, a big boost early on in your career. Another thing that I wanted to mention, uh, ask you about, you uh, you received a fairly large push when you first came on television, and uh, the um, you know the Master Lock Challenge was the thing that, that you know seemed to uh, highlight you on on each of the shows. Um, I believe you went over a year, if not longer, without having the Master Lock being broken, and it was. Bobby Lashley, who officially broke the master lock. Um, were there any plans to do something with Lashley, um, you know, after the master lock was broken, or was it, or was that the big payoff for the master lock challenge uh, gimmick? No, I, I think it was a combination of things. I mean, by that point, I'd already been in trouble a few times, and and they needed to give Bobby an extra push going into the WrestleMania angle. So I don't think any any of that was necessarily about me. I mean, it made for. Uh, cool TV and then we got a match out of it after that but it was more just nobody else needed it I mean you know you could say who else on the roster could break it and you know you might think like Batista at the time but Batista didn't need it he was already world champion you know he was already established so Bobby was the right guy at the right time if you were going to have it broken but um and he's a friend of mine so I but I will say in hindsight looking back seeing as that Bobby did stick around much longer after that angle and stuff. It's like, you know, if you could take it back or if I had any say, obviously, um, you know, it didn't end up paying off in the end. You know, it paid off maybe for that short boost into WrestleMania, but then, you know, Bobby didn't stick around. But then again, I'm not there either right now. So <laughs> what does it matter in the end, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And you're listening to the masterpiece, Chris Mordetsky on the Ken Reed Show. Ken Reed, Dave Rosenbluth. Uh, we had um, Rob Conway on uh, a little while back, and, and we were talking to him. The Iron Man. Yes, and, and uh, you had a match with him for the NWA uh, Heavyweight Championship. Uh, it was interesting because we were talking to him about his uh, WWE days, and he said, you know, you have to you have to fit an image. And I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you know, you would have no idea – how athletic Chris Masters is, and we're looking forward to showcasing our athleticism in our upcoming match. I'm curious, do you would you have liked to have seen uh, your athleticism showcased more? Did you like how you utilized over the course of your run in the WWE? Well, Just your thoughts on that. Well, I think if you watch my, you know, most of my last year and a half worth of matches were on Superstars. So, I mean, not many... Not everybody watches superstars, but if you ever have a chance to check that out, you'll see. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm an athletic dude, not to the point where I'm going to be doing 450s or moonsaults or anything like that. But, you know, like, uh, you know, for my height and my size, like, I can move, you know what I mean? I'm not one of those big uh, slumucks that, uh, with the two left feet. So, I mean, uh, you know, if you see any of that, then I think that, then you've seen kind of uh, – what I can bring in terms of, at this point in the game, in terms of athleticism, selling, I mean, a comfortable weight. Like, I'm at 260, which is a perfect weight for me, not too small, not too big. I move well with this weight. It's an athletic weight for me that I can carry. And uh, so, I mean, and that just comes out in my matches. And it doesn't mean I turn into an aerial guy, but you can just see it in my movements. You can see it in 
you know, the crispness of uh, crispness <laughs> of my delivery and just all, all the little things, you know, is where you can see it. So I, I appreciate the uh, compliment from Rob Conway, but I think a lot of people would probably share that sentiment, to be honest. I mean, who've worked me, they're usually pretty surprised that, uh, at, you know, the free flow of my dance, so to speak. Uh, you know, I can get light. Let's put it like that. Hmm. Uh, any any thoughts or plans to uh, go after that NWA title again? Uh, well, I mean, uh, we don't have anything scheduled, but uh, I'd always like to crack at the Ironman uh, Rob Conway. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we worked in a, uh, you know, the, the ceiling of the building was uh, just about maybe eight feet tall, so... Uh, uh, he's lucky his head didn't go through the uh, through the ceiling of the place on the sky high uh, spine buster. But um, yeah, it was still a good match. I remember, uh, you know, it was a fun show, good match, and you know, me and myself and Iron Man are obviously the masterpiece, and the Iron Man are very competitive. So I'm sure we'll have another go around. Cool. What are your, what are your thoughts now? Just you know, in wrestling with the NWA, and uh, you know, the NWA has definitely been in a state of a fl- state of flux. A uh, lot of independent promotions out there. What are your thoughts? Just uh, being out there, touring around the country uh, this weekend again, FWE uh, in Queens on Friday night. Uh, what are your thoughts of like overall the business and and performing in the wrestling biz now? It's fun. You know, I always tell what I tell people is. Um, you know, WWE obviously is kind of, if you go to get into wrestling, most people, that's what you aspire for. You know, I mean, that is the ultimate. And to be honest, WWE is the only place in professional wrestling where you can you can get rich. doesn't guarantee you're going to get rich, but you can get rich, you know. But um, this side of the business is very different. Like, it's much more fun in terms of you just imagine being able to do what you love to do, but without the way of... Uh, on your shoulders constantly and the stress and the grind and having to be married to it. So, I mean, it's kind of a trade-off, you know, like uh, I wouldn't say the wild, wild west of independent wrestling is a career, but, you know, I've stayed busy. I've, uh, as I put it, uh, I'm, I'm making a living, but I ain't rich. But at that, at that same token, I'm, uh, I enjoy myself. And I kind of going in just because it's not my first time. I mean, uh, you guys obviously know I had my, break with WWE back in 2006 for a couple of years. So that was my first taste of life outside of uh, WWE. And uh, again, uh, me being privileged as to having, you know, not being an indie wrestler without the TV time, which is the toughest gig, you know, to be able to be uh, successful in that line of work or stay booked without the, the TV time behind your belt. I give uh, a lot of credit to any of those guys and all those guys who do that. But, um, you know, it was just a blast the first time out, and I kind of knew coming out of WWE even the second time that, like, right, this isn't necessarily uh, where I want to be at this point, but, you know, I'm going to enjoy it, and I know that uh, it's fun and it's, uh, you know, kind of stress-free, and, you know, I'm just going to keep doing what I love to do as long as I can do it and still get paid. Would you take an opportunity to be back on TV, or do you want to stick with uh, making your own schedule? I mean, if, if I could ride this out as long as possible, I probably would. But, um, you know, at the same time, you do have to evaluate. I'm 30 years old now, so, you know, I have to. De- I have a crucial decision to decide within the next three years of what, you know, what I want to pursue or what I really want to indulge uh, my life into. And 
You know, I wouldn't say no to uh, obviously going back uh, to work for WWE or any other of the big companies. But, you know, the thing is, too, is uh, I don't, you know, you don't want to be on the bench. You know, like my last year in WWE, I honestly believe that my work had come along so far and had such better understanding of, of the business that I, I've, in my mind, was at least one of the uh, top 10 best workers in the company at that point. And, but you got to think this is around a time when they lost a lot of their equity guys and there were so many new guys coming in. And it was kind of like I went being from the new fresh face to the uh, veteran in the locker room. And I'm like, you know, when I came back the second time, I was like, how did this happen? Like every one of these guys stopped after me. It wasn't, you know, as opposed to when I first came in, it was all guys I had watched basically as a kid uh, transitioning into my teenage years and eventually into my adulthood. Um, you know, I, like I said, I mean, I would, uh, I would love to come back there, but I wouldn't want to be on the bench. You know, I'd want to have some kind of uh, opportunity or something, some kind of idea or something that will put me out there where I'm not just hanging out on the stars the whole time. As as much as I did enjoy that on the last run, because I mean, I was able to have uh, 15, sometimes 20 minute matches and. I mean, it really just uh, helps you understand the art of what we do better because you can't get – it's hard to get emotionally invested in a match that's three minutes long. You know what I'm saying? Right. Tremendous. You know, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I, I know I'm, I'm probably not the only one. that We'd love to see you back on TV and uh, see you have some 15-minute matches on uh, anywhere on TV. Before we let you go, uh, why don't you give us uh, an idea of where uh, fans can see you, a uh, website, Twitter, uh, where if we want to get in touch with you or see where you're going to be performing next. Uh, give us all that good info. Well, it's funny you say that. I think my Twitter got hacked. I mean, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with that. But uh, <laughs> it is um, – it's at uh, – excuse me, Chris Masters 310. Um, that's the Twitter. I – you know, if health I know, somebody else might be on there right now for all I know. But that is – that is my Twitter, even though it's not there. And, uh, you know, the Twitter guys need to get on that right away. Jeez. And uh, Facebook, Real Chris Masters, Bookings, Masterpiece83 at gmail.com. But um, I think the thing we we're popping here is FWE Friday, man. I mean, you, you know who we got on the card, right? Yeah, it's got a great card. I mean, uh, Maria's on the card, Kendrick, uh, Dreamer. RVD, uh, you know, and you're in a battle royal. To well, that, for that's 20. what I'm saying. We got we got Mr. 420 RVD and and uh, what it would, isn't he returning to WWE now? From what I hear. Yeah, so I mean, if you want to, you know, have a chance to see him before he he gets back in the big company. I mean, you got to get out this Friday to see FWE. Yeah, come down. Are we there? RVD, Dreamer, Carlito, Body Guy, Lido, actually. He's body guy leader now, not Carlito. I gotta clarify. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's gonna it's a stacked show, man. So uh, definitely anybody in the Queens area or just the general New York area, calm down. We're gonna rock the house. I think Matt Hardy's there too. Is he there this time? Uh, he's not listed here on the website. You can go to fwewrestling.com for tickets. Uh, but uh, who knows? Well, Maybe. If, 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 if he was on the last show. If he's this one, I'm sure, will be on the next one. But either way, we got RVD, we got Dreamer, we got me, we got Lito, we got Maria, and many, many more. So come on down. And uh, I appreciate you guys having me. Is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? 
Uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? <laughs> uh, I think I'm good. I think this was a good dialogue we had, a good exchange. It was good. Well, We'd love to have you back on sometime in the future, but thanks for giving us some time today. Real, real quick, hey Chris, you, uh, we actually kind of share a birthday. You were born on the eighth, right? Of yes. January. <laughs> I was born on the ninth. So we so you're we're Capricorn. In, yes, we are. We are Capricorns united. <laughs> what does that I say know. about us? I, I, we're, we're very career driven. I hear, right? I'm sorry. I hear we're very career driven people. I don't know. I don't really buy into. Uh, you know, horoscopes necessarily and all that, but then again, some of the traits do fit. No, yes, yeah, I totally agree. I'm not a big horoscope guy. I don't read the newspaper, but, uh, you know, with the horoscopes or anything like that. But I've heard career-driven. I've also heard very uh, very giving and sensitive, too. I don't know if that relates to you as well. Uh, I don't know about the giving part. <laughs> I, I did not think for one instant we'd head down the path of astrology during this interview. Yeah, I didn't see the astrology thing coming either. But uh, man, don't you? You were born just one day prior. I mean, January eighth. You could have been the same day as me, the King Elvis Presley. I think there's a few others, man. That's a pretty good list. Oh, Jimmy right Page there. from Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin, I believe, or Robert Plant, one of the two. Oh, there you go. You got your person. All right, you're good. But I still got the King. I think the King trumps him. <laughs> he definitely does. <laughs> Thank All you, right, gentlemen. Uh, Awesome. Thanks a lot. Good luck. Uh, talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that was funny. All of a sudden, it's uh, it's uh, Miss Cleo, and we're talking astrology. I just figured, I mean, I, I uh, every time I see, like, wrestlers' birthdays and stuff or, like, famous people's birthdays, like, I always look at the list, and, like, I remember when I turned 30 earlier this year, I looked at the list of celebrities, and he wasn't on there. And I remembered years back that, like, we had similar birthdays or close to each other, and uh, some website or something. I remember Robert Plant or Jimmy Page or something like that, but I remember reading that Masters was, you know, Chris was born the day before I was, so that's uh that's kind of cool, considering you know, I'm a wrestling fan, so you know, I had to kind yeah, of throw that out. There. Gave us a lot of good stuff. I mean, it, it's going to seem like a, a nice guy. That's why, you know, when you hear, you know, you, you talk to some of these guys, and you know, I mean, kind of a conceited, pompous character, and uh, you know, good guy. That story about uh, his mom is just that's uh, that's unbelievable, and how how he just casually says yes, and then I ripped the tree out of the ground. It's like, wow. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for uh, Chris, and thank you to FWE for helping to lock that up. And uh, you know, I mean, the card on Friday again. Go to fwwrestling.com if you want tickets. I mean, you know, some of the things. I mean, the Young Bucks versus Tony Nese and Jigsaw. I mean, that could be a tremendous matchup. The championship match. Uh, we got Carlito and, and John Morrison uh, in that championship match uh, again with the the Rumble as well. So. Uh, Looks like it's going to be a really, really good card. Brian Kendrick versus Petey Williams. Uh, should be a really great night of wrestling. So, again, thank you to FWE for hooking us up with the Masterpiece. And go get your tickets uh, now for the show uh, this weekend, this Friday night. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. You want to talk Chris Masters. You want to talk Monday Night Raw. You want to talk Payback, whatever you want. We're going to go out to the phones right now because we got Tony on the line. Tony, are you there? Hey, how you doing? How you doing, buddy? Uh, all right, yeah, it was a ah, fun interview there with uh, the Masterpiece there. Yeah, it's uh, still find it amazing that he uh, put the tree out or whatever happened, you know, and managed to, uh, 
you know, the whole thing with the hat, with his house, or his mom's house. Yeah, and it was weird, it was weird transitioning out of that story, because he's telling the story, and he's saying it so matter-of-fact, and it's just like, the story ended, and I'm like, alright, let's talk about wrestling now. Like, it just, it was so beyond anything, like, it was superhuman. I mean, I know I referenced Superman to start off the interview, but it was, that's something that, if they put that scene in a movie, People would rip it apart saying it was too unrealistic. And he did it. It's just, it, it's amazing. And it's good, you know, mom's living with him now and glad that she's doing all right. But that's just, you know, everything from, from him saying that, you know, she's his mom now and barricading the door and the, the battering ram not working. I mean, all that stuff was just, uh, I mean, what a story. And, and thank, you know, thank God that he is the masterpiece and he was strong enough to ripped that tree out. Uh, just it, it, an incredible story. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I never, yeah, like you said, I mean, I didn't think I'd be re- realistically possible even for a guy like that to rip a tree out from the ground. But it's like, I'm it's like, you did what? <laughs> exactly. But what do you oh, got from, you know, Payback, Monday Night Raw, lots of stuff going on. Or you want to talk a little more about the interview? Uh, good time to be a wrestling fan, Tony. Yeah. Uh, it definitely is. The last couple of nights of uh, WWE have been uh, really outstanding. I got to say, you know, because um, Payback, I I did see, I did watch it. I uh, enjoyed it. I loved it. Yeah, uh, my favorite. You know, I think the best match was the Punk Jericho. I that was just, that was um, you know that was amazing that match. And uh, the Del Rio Ziggler too. You know, I li- I like that they did the uh, the Bret Hart Stone Cold double turn there. You know, I, I thought it was, I thought they, I thought they uh, did a did a did a great job. You know, did a great in job Chicago, there. In Chicago, mind you, in Chicago. Remember, the home of the double turn. Oh yeah, WrestleMania 13 was in the same town. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See. <laughs> anyway, but uh, as far you know, Raw last night. I, I think by far the best part of Raw was was Mark Henry. I mean, it was just like so, you know, he he came out and he did the whole, you know, hinting that he was reti- you know, at the retirement and getting all sentimental and everything. And then, you know, then, you know, hit the world's strongest slam on us, on Cena, which, I mean, I th- you know, I totally knew it was coming, but I, I, I popped huge for it because it was like, oh, fuck, you know, it's like, because, <laughs> you know, just him doing that and saying, oh, well, you know, I got plenty left in the tank or whatever, you know, and then, uh, and um, so I'm, I, Hit, you know, having the two of them, you know, Henry B, Mark Henry be the next uh, guy to challenge Cena, I was really hoping that they would do that, you know, that, that they would go that direction. You know, and uh, I got my wish, <laughs> looks like. So, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I love the, you know, I'd love to see Mark Henry win the belt. You know, because like he said, it's, 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 it's the only it's the only thing he hasn't won yet. Because, you know, the guy, the guy, I mean, you know, it's like the guy, he's been there for like 16 and a, six, almost 17 years. Guy's definitely more than earned to be, uh, you know, deserves to be champion. I think. And it's great that he's been there that long, and, and you don't get that real, like, that sense of the old guy hanging on. I mean, he's still, like I said earlier, he's he's doing his best work now, uh, which is which oh, yeah. is amazing to me that to see like how good he's become. Uh, I'd like to see it too. I'd like to see him win the belt. I'd, I'd like to see it, him have a run over the, you know, so even if it's a month. Uh, you know, even it's a short run. I, you know, I think he's a guy that, you know, we, you know, wrestling fans talk about it, and it goes back and forth. You know, what does the title mean? Is the title a 
a prop for certain guys to help their character, or is it an honor? And, uh, you know, you go back and forth on how that title is, is used at times, and I, I, I just think for Mark Henry, like, it's a, he's a guy who's just earned it. Like, he earned he's earned the right to be the, the top guy in the business, at least for a period of time. And, you know, I'd like to see what he'd do with it. I'd like to see, you know, this big bully... Uh, you know, be the WWE champion. And it doesn't, you know, I'm not saying he needs to be champ for a year, but uh, it, it would be interesting to see him hold that strap and, and what he can do with it. And, uh, you know, I mean, we had Cena. I mean, it's, you know, I'm not going to say it was a great title run, but it's it's been a decent title run. I mean, he, he vanquished his uh, intimidating foe in, in Ryback. He, he beat The Rock for the title. Uh, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd be okay with with Cena losing it. Cena's still going to be Cena, and I'd, I'd like to see that that run with Mark Henry. Yeah, I would too. Like I say, you know, having Cena losing the title obviously wouldn't hurt him at all because he's, you know, like, you know, he's the main, you know, he's the uh, main guy, and you know, he's the poster boy and everything. So he, you know, it's like I say, you know, dropping the belt to Mark Henry wouldn't hurt him, and it's like I say. You know, Having him chase Mark Henry for the title for a bit, you know, might actually get some get some sympathy from the Cena haters. If if you know if, if it's booked right, who knows? You know, I mean, they might actually. Uh... But um, but yeah, I, I yeah, I was still like I said, Cena and Mark Henry. I guess that's going to happen at Money in the Bank or whatever. The other thing that that was obviously that that shocked me was RVD returning. I I got I wasn't expecting that because I know he's you know he likes to. to, to be on his own schedule too and stuff. Uh, so I, I know it's I know it's not like a regular deal. It's I forget what kind of a deal it is that he signed, but it's 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 a short term deal of some kind. I forget what it is, but it's uh, I I mean I was just I was like I was like wow R V D is back in WWE. It was like I didn't I didn't expect I wasn't expecting it. It was like so that was a, that was a nice shocker that they threw that they threw at us. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm curious your thoughts on RVD because I, I, I'm going to be honest. Like, I've never been like the the biggest RVD fan. I I like him. I think he's an athletic guy. I like when he was coming back. I kind of had a oh yeah, RVD well, that, that 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 could be cool. But I didn't. I I, I said I didn't. There wasn't a living room pop. Uh, when when that came up, I mean, your your thoughts, Tony. I'm curious, like, uh, you know, where you stand. I mean, are you really psyched that he's coming back? Are you curious how they're going to use him? Uh, uh, your thoughts on the return of RVD? Yeah, well, as to how they're going to use him, I don't know. I mean, I think he's, you know, hope, I, I don't know if it's like a, it's not, I don't think it's a full time deal, but you know, I, so when I first saw that he, you know, that he was coming back, I was just like, you know, I, I did, I, you know, like I did, like kind of like. <laughs> Was a little uh, thrown back a bit because it was like, oh my god, it's like RVD's coming back. So it was, I, I was a little, I'm a little psyched to see him, see him return, especially since it's going to be in Philadelphia when they have money in the bank. Um, it's, it should be interesting. I mean, obviously he'll get a huge pop there. Uh, I mean, was what he'll do, I and mean, whether he'll be in the money in the bank match or win again, or what, you know, what they're going to do. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, like I said, because you know, like. Uh, yeah, like RVD in the early day, you know, like the, the in the ECW days, I, I even the early um, WWE run, I, you know, I was you know big big fan of uh, big fan of you know his work then. Um, you know, the guy was just you know really you know really amazing. You know, you know, like when he gets to TNA, I mean, he was definitely coasting along, uh, coasting along, and it was kind of more of a 
cashing a check kind of a deal feeling with him there. But, uh, you know, I, I, guess I did pop when he won the belt there. But, like uh, I said, I think uh, hopefully, you know, like when he comes, you know, when he, uh, when he shows up, he'll be, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be, uh, you know, he won't be, he'll actually have his working boots, as they say, as they say. you know, he'll be, uh, you know, I yeah, hope that he's You know, it's be, funny because, uh, I'm curious how they're going to use them because it, it's one of those things that we talked about. You know, the things are kind of stacked right now. You know, it's not like, you know, the stars coming back and it's like, all right, they definitely insert him into like the title picture. I mean, there's like right now, like we said, WWE is, is firing on all cylinders. I'm really curious uh, where exactly they, they slot RVD in. Is he in the money in the bank match? Does he interfere in some other match? Uh, you know where exactly they go with him because there's there's a lot going on in the WWE right now. So uh, we'll see. Definitely add some more intrigue and suspense as to what's going on. Uh, exciting times for the WWE and uh, you guys out there. If you don't know already, go to thekenreedyshow.com. Tony, the best blogger in the business, blogs every week on Raw, SmackDown, and Impact. So you want to be sure to check that out. Tony, thanks for the call. Talk to you Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Take it easy, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I mean, Dave, just just pure speculation. I mean, the the thing is, you know, it's funny when when a star is returning and they're they're hyping his return. And in Philadelphia, yeah, I guess it, you know he'll get a huge pop coming back there. But uh, I'm curious, like, where where exactly RVD kind of fits in right now? Well, I was kind of curious too. I mean, I had a couple different you know options that I thought of. He could possibly you know have a uh, give give a rub to uh, Curtis Axel considering he's a Paul Heyman guy and RVD was a Paul Heyman guy at one point in his career uh, being, you know, in the original ECW. So there's some history there and, you know, something that the people can get invested to and it could help um, Axel, you know, propel even higher up the card and make him a more serious threat. You know, he can come in and, and, you know, put some young talent over and, and help make the stars of the future. Um, you know, I thought of, you know, he's a very athletically gifted guy, a money, money in the bank match, money in the bank ladder match is right up his alley. Um, but at the same time, I think to myself, he's going to be back in Philadelphia. Um, you put him in a money in the bank ladder match, although the stuff that you'd see from him in that match would be very exciting. It would take away from the rest of the match and all the other participants involved in it. So I think they probably got something, um, from what I read this morning, they have a, they have a plan in place for him that's that's an angle that's going to begin at Money in the Bank. He has a short-term deal. He's going to work television, pay-per-view, and some select live events. Um, you know, he's probably going to have, like, a Chris Jericho-type schedule where he'll work a few months, then he'll stop, and, you know, he'll come and go, um, you know. And it's it's interesting, you know, Tony was talking about, um, you know, and you, you were mentioning uh, – you know, uh, Mark Henry and, uh, you know, the, the longevity that he, he's had in his career. Um, you know, it's helped in some ways, a blessing in disguise that the guy's been injured um, for a better portion of his career, and he's had to take some time off, you know, in, in, in some years. But, um, you know, with RVD, this is a fresh face that, um, that hasn't been seen on WWE television in quite a while. Uh, he was over at TNA, and he just kind of, you know, it just kind of seemed like he went through the motions, and he didn't really seem to, uh, to, to, 
his character didn't seem like he, he was important enough to fit over there, so to speak. Like he just didn't seem like he was into it. In the WWE, it's you know, it's it's high stakes. It's the bright lights, the big city, as they say. So, um, you know, he's got history there, and there's some fresh matchups he could you know be involved in that could help some of the younger guys, the Cody Rhodeses, the Damian Sandows, you know, even guys like Ryback and Sheamus. You know, um, it's interesting. Somebody tweeted RVD asking him about you know. If he's coming back to WWE to claim his ring gear back from Ryback, and he wrote it, he wrote it's on the list. So I mean, we could see a Ryback RBD feud, not necessarily over the airbrush ring gear, but um, <laughs> it, we could see it at some point. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I've been an RBD fan. I'm not a huge fan, but he was widely popular when he first came into the WWE, and um, he was he had a different, unique style that I liked, and I thought that you know. A small run with the title would have worked out perfectly for him. There were a few times where I think they could have put the title on him, but they just didn't for whatever reason. Um, I was a little disappointed that he had that short run with the WWE title in 2006, but he kind of screwed that up with, uh, you know, getting pulled over with a drug possession. And uh, But I'm excited to see him come back and... It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool seeing some of the matchups that he's in with uh, some of the newer talent at WWE. Here we go. I mean, it's funny with him because I, again, I was always an admirer of his athleticism. I just, I always, I don't know. I had trouble getting into his character. I just didn't. It wasn't engaging to me. It just didn't draw me in. Um, I would love to see. You know, I'm assuming. You know, he's he's an older guy. He's 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 got his own legendary status. Um, I, I'd be shocked if they did it. But I I would love to see a complete overhaul. I would love to see him come back. Uh, in some different way, maybe with without the airbrush tights or whatever. But I, I'm assuming we're going to see. I mean, now it's a nostalgic feel, so I'm assuming we're going to uh, see a similar RVD that we've seen uh, in the past. But uh, it'd be interesting to see that. It'd be interesting. It does you know does he does he turn heel and, and you know comes in as a heel and uh, is part of Heyman's stable, which could be interesting. Um, you know, who knows? I'm kind of curious to see how that all unfolds uh, again because right now everything's working. So, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, as much as it's a name, uh, the WWE doesn't need him necessarily, which I find interesting. They they don't need him. They're bringing him in, which is great, uh, but they don't need him. So what, where exactly slot him in? Who gets the program with RVD? Uh, definitely adding some more intrigue to that. 347-838-9815. So much to talk about in the world of wrestling. We're going to go out to the phones. And we got Mike on the line. Mike, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, guys, what's going on? Doing all right. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Uh, listening to all this RVD uh, talk at the moment. Uh, the thing about RVD that I don't like is he does the same stuff over and over. I mean, we see all that high-flying stuff, and it's the same same kind of stuff, how people always talk about John Cena does the same stuff. It's the same thing with RVD. It's the same stuff. But I would like to see RVD versus CM Punk. I think that would be a really good match. What do you guys think about that? I think that would be a tremendous match. And, and it's it's interesting you said that, and that's the biggest problem. It's, you know, figuring out, you know, how to make things work. And that's why we've said, uh, you know, that Daniel Bryan, what he's been doing lately is so amazing because he's, he's doing this athleticism and he's doing a lot of crazy stuff, but he changes it up a lot. And the problem with anything, and I don't care if it's, if it's the John Cena five-knuckle shuffle or if it's doing 72 flips off the top rope and – and and landing uh, in, in in a splash position on your opponent. I mean, it's you know once you've seen it, 
it, it's it gets more and more difficult to top what you did. And no matter what, if you're doing the same thing, it it'll get stale regardless of of what the move happens to be. And and uh, you know, I kind of felt the same way that as as athletic as RVD is, uh, a lot of his move set got stale to me, and I just uh, I found it a uh, you know, a little boring. And you're right. It, it's it's a similar move set, a little more athletic than the five knuckle shuffle, um, but uh, similar move set uh, time and time again. I think that a, a program with CM Punk would be tremendous. Uh, it would work for what they're doing right now. If we're going to do right now, it looks like Le- I'm sorry to interrupt you, but right now it looks like Lesnar versus Punk is the is going to be the big issue. Yeah, but who knows? And maybe they go in the direction of a uh, you know, it, it's. Punk versus the the Heyman family, and yeah. you know what? If they if they brought in RVD to be part of Heyman's group, and it was it was RVD, uh, Axel, and Lesnar are part of uh, Heyman's stable, and they're all pissed uh, at, at CM Punk. I mean, that could open themselves up to a lot of different possibilities, uh, tag teaming uh, guys, and and different partners for CM Punk. Uh, I'd be intrigued. I'd be intrigued because CM Punk is has got such an interesting style, and and you can tell that CM Punk the way he works, he's always trying to change it up. He's he's cognizant. He's the the wrestling fans wrestler. You know, he's he's going to make sure he kind of tries to change things up at times to kind of keep people interested. I'd be curious to see uh, him working with RVD uh, in 2013. Um, I'd I'd like to see that match. Your thoughts, Dave? It would be a fun match to watch Punk and uh, and RVD, and I can understand where both of you guys feel like he does the same stuff. But you know, it's professional wrestling. The majority of wrestlers out there, even some of the big names, they all have a routine. They all do the same thing, the same move set: Flair, Bret Hart, Michaels, Undertaker, Hogan, Cena. You know, the 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 big names, Austin. Everyone's done the same thing. They have a routine. They do it. It's what works. It's what gets over. I I would find it hard to believe if you go back and watch a lot of RVD's WWE um, matches where people where there were people that got bored with his work. You know when I mean. They pretty much popped big for just about most of his stuff. Now, I'm not saying this because I'm in favor of, you know, of, of RVD coming back. I'm just saying this because it's the truth that in, in most cases in professional wrestling, almost most most of the guys out there, they have a move set that works, that gets over, and they use it over and over again. And if people still pop for it and they still get a reaction, so that must mean that it's still over. So, I mean, you know, when RVD jumped the top rope and point to his thumbs, the whole crowd would, you know, chant his name. Or when he hits the apron and does the spinning kick onto the guy in the guardrail, the people would still go crazy for it. The Van Terminator, the frog splash, you know, he does the, the rolling thunder. Everybody still pops for it. So, you know, if it's, if, it, if it's getting a reaction and it's working with the majority of the audience, then there's no reason to fix it, in my opinion. Um, I do like the idea of um, a possible heel turn. With him, it would change his character up and, and bring something different to have him align with Heyman. Um, but I think we'll see a lot of. I think we'll see him opposing Heyman as, as, as opposed to him being on Heyman's side. But I would be up for you know RVD being a Paul Heyman guy in a Paul Heyman type stable. There's a lot of there's a lot of different wrestlers that I would like to see him wrestle, and uh, one of the guys I would like to see him wrestle would be Daniel Bryan. I think they, those two. RVD and Daniel Bryan would have a would have a great match. Um, 
and maybe maybe possibly um, you know him maybe Sandow I think maybe him and Sandow would have a uh, a possibly a, a, another good match, um, but I'm just you know after what I've been watching like last night's Raw was really good to to you know to talk about a Monday Night Raw in a while and you know what before Dave you were talking about how Mark Henry got everybody no 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 Mark Henry didn't get me I knew Mark Henry was going oh, to I, I knew it right. I knew it listen I knew uh, it and you know you know why uh, I knew it because it made no, no sense to see the is that the ambulance? Because I think Ryback's waiting for you. Um, oh no, I got Ryback's number. Ryback, Ryback I got Ryback's number. Um, let, let me let me ask Mike. Let me ask you something. If if you, I mean, you're saying he didn't get you. Was there at least a moment during, like, if you, so you went into that thinking, all right, this is definitely a work. Was there at least a moment during that promo that you had a shred of doubt that perhaps it could be that he's really retiring? No, I didn't think he was retiring because I knew, I, I figured he was going to attack John Cena because because think about it John John Cena being out there made no sense to me you know that he was putting John Cena over and I thought that was really good that he was putting John Cena over you know because John Cena is a very good wrestler very nice guy does everything by the book and yet the fans hate him and you know what no fan I don't know who you were talking before about Hogan. Yeah, maybe in the late 90s they were booing him, but not when he was popular, not in Hulk Hogan's heyday. And, you know, and that's what I was thats what I was thinking, but, but uh, no, Mark Henry didn't get me. The only thing he did get me with was his bright jacket that he came out with. Oh, my God, that was such a horrible uh, jacket. I've never seen the color of that jacket like that. <laughs> he should have threw it on the floor after he was done with his, his whole uh, retirement speech. But uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, I I thought that angle was good. I mean, to have Mark Henry versus John Cena is a match that people um would want to see. I particularly want to see it, and I want to see if he beats John Cena for the belt because didn't you guys say he never held that belt before? Yeah, Correct. he never had that belt. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, uh, Mark Hen- Mark Henry has always been a good talent for the WWE. And it, and and it just goes to show you that you know people been talking about you know him and he's going to retire. Obviously, he didn't retire, and and it was a whole work, and and it worked out for them. Curtis Axel becoming the Intercontinental Champion did something that his father didn't do. He didn't win it in the in the time fashion that Kurt Henning won it. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Kurt didn't win it in the time fashion that Axel won it. Do you think because it was Father's Day that they said, hey, you know what, Curtis, this is your lucky day. You know, your father was just the perfect ego. Yes. Yeah, and I, it wouldn't surprise me. And I, and But speaking on that, I thought it was a great finish. I, I loved the finish of, of that match. Um, you know, it's it's uh, we'll see what Axel can do with that belt and for the title. I like the fact that it's tied to Heyman, which will help give that title uh, maybe a little, little more prestige. But, uh yeah, why not? I mean, it was a cool I, moment. I think Paul they, Heyman's a great mind for the business. Has a great mind for the business, um, and I think that Kurt. And I think that unlike Zeb Coulter and the, what that other guy, I don't understand what those two are doing together. But you know what? A lot of the stuff that WWE is doing lately, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Um, Alberto Del Rio now is a heel again. He comes out last night and he says that he did it for himself and. I mean, did, did did it just not work out for him as a face? 
It didn't. No, he didn't. They, he didn't get the reactions that they, that they thought he was going to get. And you know, to be honest with you, concerning the concerning the uh, the the angle with Dolph Ziggler, I thought it made perfect sense in why he turned heel and why he was so vicious. Because when he was hurt, Dolph Ziggler capitalized on his Money in the Bank victory, and you know. Del Rio pointed out that you know all the fans cheered for it. You know all you Americans. Well, uh, I mean that could that, <laughs> that could be argued considering there were more European people in that crowd in East Rutherford, New Jersey that night than than Americans. But you know we'll, we'll, that argument will be for another day. But it made sense. <laughs> and it, it, you know, people were cheering Ziggler. People have been cheering Ziggler for a while. They couldn't wait to see him cash in. When the minute he got that briefcase, that's all the people were talking about. It was him cashing in, and then they got to the point where they were sick of seeing him hold the briefcase, and then he needed to cash in. Then when he cashed in, the whole place went crazy, and then they were looking forward to his title run. I I liked it. I thought that was the best match of the night, in my opinion. Now Tony mentioned Jericho and Punk. It was a good match. But there were times when it seemed like it was stalling, and I really didn't know what they were trying to accomplish, whereas they told a really good story between Del Rio and Ziggler, and they've turned the concussion angle that we thought was going to go to Triple H onto Dolph Ziggler, which makes a lot more sense now considering Dolph really had a concussion. And it, it, it played off so well. I, I, I like the Del Rio heel turn. I think he's much more comfortable being a heel. The face turn was just, you know, forced, I think. I think they were trying to compensate for the fact that they didn't have a – baby-faced Latin American star to represent the company, and they just chose him at the right time. Um, and it worked in the beginning, but he kind of lost his steam a little bit. But now I think, you know, being the heel again with him, it's natural. It works. Yeah, and, 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 yeah, of course it does. It doesn't, you know, but it just didn't uh, – him being faced didn't make sense to me. I don't, I don't know. I mean, some guys, you know, some guys you can't have – face and some guys you gotta keep healing, uh that's what I that's what my mindset on it. But again, this is a different world in professional wrestling. Years ago, would you have guys root for um root for Jake I mean root for Ravage Rick Rude over Jake the Snake Roberts or, or, or while he was wrestling the Ultimate Warrior? No, you would never see that. This 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 year and years you're having baby faces being booed and you're having um the heels being cheered and it's just a weird way, um, you know, the way the wrestling world is going. But, I mean, I'm not again. It's just weird to me. But uh, I thank you guys for my time. And uh, this Saturday night, the Fat Boys will be invading ECPW, and Gene Snitsky is going to be on the card. So it's going to be a great card. So I'll speak to you guys on Sunday night. Very cool. Thanks a lot for the phone call, Mike. Yeah, interesting stuff. You know, he brings up a good point. I mean, the thing with Del Rio and, the, and his face turn, I mean – Essentially, his character was very similar to uh, the Million Dollar Man. It was like he was a Mexican Million Dollar Man, and and to to turn that, I mean, to turn that face is like, how do you root for a guy like that? And you know, I thought they did a good job with it initially, but it kind of, like you said, it kind of was losing steam and uh, much more comfortable in this place. I, I like the the switch, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing Ziggler. I mean, Ziggler's not going to be a face in the truest sense of being a face. He's going to be on the that side of things, but I fully expect Dolph Ziggler to continue to be obnoxious, to continue to be conceited, uh, to continue to be full of himself and project himself as the show-off. It's just going to be he's going to be going after uh, the other heels. I like the program that seems to be setting up between the two of them. I like how it all played out. Um, I, I think it's solid, and I'm looking forward to seeing 
uh, how Ziggler's character develops and how uh, Del Rio back as a heel, how that develops. Yeah, I mean, like like we mentioned, you know, the Del Rio to to make Del Rio a strong babyface, there were certain things that they had to do to to really get the audience to like him. I think it helped in, in the beginning that. Ricardo became somewhat of a sympathetic character, and Del Rio began sticking up for him, and that's how they originally started the babyface turn. You know, he had to get rid of the cars because the cars, with him coming out driving the cars, just exploits how rich he is. And he talked about all the all the money that he had, and and you know how everybody was piss poor, and he was the richest guy in wrestling. And you know it was, it was he was putting down the audience, so he had to get rid of the cars. You know, I liked how they kind of tried to add his Mexican heritage into into the uh you know into the baby face you know incorporate into his baby face character. But there were certain things that kinda caught my attention on Sunday night and then even in going into yesterday. And it's little stuff and it may sound weird to some of you guys, but for me it just it it, it it's an indication that things, you know, could have been changing. Like for instance, like, you know, Del Rio came out it's as stupid as this may sound, but he was wearing like black tape. And, you know, back in the old days when I was a kid, you know, bad guys wore black and good guys wore white sort of thing, you know. And it just was little things like that. And then he he brought back the scarf last night. Um, you know, they, we hadn't seen him wearing the scarf in quite a while. So I, I there were just little things. He'll probably come back with the car again, um, you know. But I liked it. And Ziggler, you know, you mentioned how he's still going to be obnoxious. He, he, exactly. He's still going to be the same person. The people are just going to cheer him because of his in-ring ability. And I'm not comparing him to Shawn Michaels, but I think he is what they are trying to make. They're trying to make him out to be like a modern-day Shawn Michaels. He's a good-looking guy. He's obnoxious. He's a show-off. Michaels was a show-stopper. You know, I mean, I think he's going to be the, this this generation's version of Shawn Michaels. I don't think he'll be as good. But I think that's what they're trying to portray him out to be. And, you know, his in-ring ability and his athleticism will be what keeps him as a babyface and gets him over. I would agree. You know, and it's a good model, uh, you know, looking at Shawn Michaels and what Shawn Michaels did at, at his size and what he brought to the table. It's it's definitely a good model. And, and to be honest, you're right. I mean, I don't think Ziggler will ever – or maybe, who knows. But he's not now, at least. I don't think he's at uh, a Shawn Michaels level uh, – but that being said, I think Ziggler might be a little bit better than Michaels was uh, on the mic. So I think it's a it's a good model for him. Uh, it's a it's a good setup as far as the storyline goes. The concussion works, and uh, it should be really interesting to see how this whole thing unfolds. And I'm looking forward to it. And again, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, we're it's a real positive show tonight, but so many things uh, work. Uh, last night and is working right now in the WWE. Uh, you know, it seems like the Shield coming in like started the the ball rolling, but now the Shield is just to me kind of part of things that are are working. Um, but it's not the only thing you're looking forward to to uh, on WWE programming. Um, you know, your your thoughts, Dave? On you know, now it looks like that um, we're going to be trans transitioning the Shield uh, out of uh, these recent rivalries, uh, perhaps uh, some new programs coming down the pike. Uh, any guys you'd like to see, like, slot in as a maybe U.S. champion contender or a tag team uh, championship team contender? What are your thoughts uh, moving forward with the Shield? Well, from what I understand, they, their issue with Kane is not over, and apparently the rumor is, and I've, I spoke about it on the, in the Day 5 report on Sunday, is that they want to do the Shield against The Undertaker and Kane at SummerSlam. 
Undertaker is willing to do the match and he's healthy enough, that's the match they want to do. Um, they still have some unfinished business with Undertaker. He, Undertaker was written off a of TV because of the Shield. Um, but as far as like guys wrestling Ambrose for the U.S. title, I mean, I, you know, when Kofi comes back, you know, I'd like to see maybe Kofi get a crack at it again. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Daniel Bryan and Dean Ambrose. As a matter of fact, we'll see a Friday night on SmackDown from what they've advertised. Um, in a U.S. title uh, feud. Um, as far as the, the tag team of the Shield goes with Reigns and Rollins, um, rumors are that they want to make the Usos a threat to the title, so we might see an Usos-Shield um, feud. The Internet's buzzing about the Wyatt family, and you know I'm not saying that there's talk of the Wyatts and the Shield, but if they cross paths, don't be surprised to see the Wyatts and the Shield um, go after each other maybe in a tag team feud. It's the, the Wyatt family pretty much controls the tag team division in the NXT territory, uh, WWE's developmental group. So I think it will be bound to happen at some point. Um, I mean, I like, the, I like the Shield where they're at right now, and uh, I'm, I'm more intrigued to see them do something with Undertaker at SummerSlam. Um, I'm actually intrigued as what they're going to do with, like, the Money in the Bank ladder matches, um, if they're going to be a part of them or if they're going to have their own thing. Um, another guy, you know, that I forgot to mention, I think could work well with Ambrose is Christian. Christian's a very experienced guy. He's, you know, pretty all, an all-around good performer in the ring. I think they'd have some pretty solid matches, some, you know, exciting matches to watch. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless with the Shield. And it's, like you said, it seems like the Shield started this trend of, like, really good things happening, and now they're just a part of it. Um, you know, I was kind of hoping maybe if the Shield would have jumped Triple H last night to set something up with, with them in the future, but um, that didn't seem to happen. Uh, they were just used as some sort of a pawn in this whole McMahon storyline thing just for the short term, unless they got plans for for them to be aligned with Vince somehow, uh, which could be interesting because they are hired guns. You know, they've worked for Heyman, so it wouldn't surprise me if Vince hired them for the short term to take out his son-in-law so he could have control of the company. Who knows? But I like what the Shield's doing. I'm a huge fan of all three guys. There's unlimited potential with them, and you know, it's it's they're a part of a big thing right now as far as this youth movement this summer in the WWE, which I think is awesome. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's amazing like what's going on. I mean, and not least of which, I mean, we have not really talked in all seriousness about the divas in quite some time, and lo and behold, uh, a really decent storyline going on between Caitlyn and AJ, and uh, I kind of like the intro. You know, it's funny, because I keep going, I'm kind of down the middle on the McMahon family drama. Uh, sometimes it's been, oh, look, I, I don't think any of it's been great. Sometimes it's been mildly entertaining. Sometimes I thought it just didn't work. Um, I'm not judging harshly yet, because I'm kind of curious what the payoff is going to be. But in bringing this new storyline out with the McMahon family, I am excited that Stephanie is back on TV. I've always been a big fan of Stephanie. And uh, personally, character-wise, and how she conducted herself on, on the mic, I always liked Stephanie over Shane. I thought that she just kind of was... I, I just I liked her character better. Uh, Shane was just absolutely crazy when he got in the ring. But anyway, that being yeah, said... What? No, I was, just, I was just agreeing with you. Go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, I... Really enjoyed the the moment, the segment between uh, Stephanie and AJ, and then when Stephanie walks back. And by the way, it seemed like Stephanie got up that ramp in a hurry. 
all of a sudden they cut to the top of the ramp, and Stephanie was there. It's like, how did she get from the ring to the top of the ramp? And you're thinking maybe she's going to power walk. Exactly. Uh, she, you think she's going to side with Caitlyn, and she's like, don't you ever interrupt me, and that goes for all of you. Uh, I, I liked the way Stephanie exerted her authority, and, uh, you know, there's been a lot of pictures uh, on the Internet, a lot of stuff floating around, uh, coming out. Stephanie's been talking about her workouts and getting herself back into shape. Uh, do we see Stephanie, perhaps, getting back in the ring at, at some point? Do we see, perhaps, at SummerSlam an AJ... Stephanie uh, Divas match. Uh, intrigue surrounding the Divas, Dave. It's interesting, yeah. Um, Stephanie McMahon plays a good bitch. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> she's she, she she's got that role down. She is the she is you know she's Vince's daughter, so she's the, she's the evil female of the family because um, there isn't a bad bone in Linda McMahon's body um, except for her thoughts about running for Senate twice. But other than that. Um, Stephanie does a really good job of, you know, playing a a dominating authority figure, especially for a female. Um, and uh, I'd like to see something with her and AJ. I thought it, I thought it was pretty good. You know, you mentioned Shane. Shane's very athletic in the ring, more athletic, probably the most athletic one out of all the McMahons. Um, but he played he played the weasel really good, like the weasel spoiled kid, really good. They all had different things about them that was good. You know, Linda was the good heart of the family. You know, Stephanie was the evil little spoiled princess. Shane was the little weasel, and Vince was just the dominating figurehead, evil son of a bitch of the whole family. So, you know, there's there's good and bad about the McMahon family being on TV. I agree with you, like you said, that you know it's it's mildly entertaining. There's sometimes where it's where it's you know. It doesn't work, but, you know, I'm still somewhat intrigued by what they're doing um, because they, they're the McMahons. They, they do, you know, they do draw ratings, you know. The, the, the numbers don't lie. Um, so Stephanie in a, in a girls segment, you know, with the other girls definitely helps the Divas division, not from an athletic standpoint, from a, but from a storyline standpoint, that there will be some focus and some importance on those uh, – on, on, on the on you know the Divas division more specifically AJ and Caitlin not saying that they needed it because the two of them have done great on their own um, before the Stephanie McMahon appearance last night but I'm intrigued by it and I'm interested to see where that's going to I mean I'm not, like I said earlier I'm interested about everything past few yeah. have been wrestling and kudos to Triple H he's going to get a lot of the blame give him a lot of the credit because things are looking good in the WWE. Thank you again to Chris Masters and FWE. Go check them out, fwewrestling.com. Great show tonight. We'll see you Sunday for Dave. I'm Ken. Good night.